going on guys what's up family it's me the radical latino you know the rice and bean fiend <laughs> how's everything going um did you guys check out the trailer that i uh put out for the for the podcast i put it up on twitter and uh instagram and everything and i'm actually gonna give you guys my instagram um is radical underscore latino underscore so you guys can follow me and get get in tune or um whatever the case is you know message me and stuff like that um uh, you know those are the places you could probably you know check me out at and this is episode three um episode two i got a lot of a lot of uh, people commenting and letting me know what they felt. More negative than positive, and when I mean negative, like, you know, people coming at me and stuff, so, which is kind of crazy. But, um, so before I even get into anything, I actually had a, you know, fly to DC this week, and it was kind of like an unexpected trip, but I only did it for a day. But everything was smooth going out of here since I live in New York. Everything was smooth with leaving, but me coming right back, which is, I, I flew JetBlue. So it's kind of crazy because JetBlue apparently seats all these important people besides first class, all these important people, and then seats the rows. And when they seat the rows, they seat the rows from uh, last t- to the end, uh, to the to the beginning, and mind you, I'm like maybe close to the door, so I was like the last one. But it was insane because this lady got on the on the thing and started going like asking people. It, it went something like this. Hold on. Hi, my name is Linda, and welcome to JetBlue. What we do is different here, as you can tell. So before our passengers come into the plane, let's get other people into the plane first, okay? If you're a military personnel, you can start boarding now. So mind you, I heard this and I'm like, all right, cool, military people. I got you. I get it, I get it. Military, I got you. I'm not hating on that. I, I get it. Then she was like, If you have a stroller and you're a woman, you can start boarding now. At this point, I'm like, All right, woman, the stroller. Hopefully, that's the only thing that they're gonna start boarding. But then it started to get like a little ridiculous. If you have a yeast infection, you can start boarding now. So at this point, I'm like, Are you are you serious? I wanna I wanna find any issue that I have to start boarding. I start making shit up like, I'm colorblind, can I start boarding now? She was like, If you ever got into a fight with your ex in the past eight hours, you can start boarding now. (laughs) It was ridiculous, I'm telling you guys. Let me put my music back on. So, yeah, don't, don't, uh, (laughs) don't, don't fly JetBlue. They, they all get everybody in the janitor up in that place. 
you know um but yeah let's um let's really talk about what i what the title of this is but before we even get into all of that did you guys see this um this a uh, woman's edit for this is america did you guys even see that this a uh, woman here nicole she uh, made a this is america woman's edit and to me frankly is the most disrespectful thing somebody could have ever done like she basically got the message for this and tried to give it this woman empowerment twist to it but the way i see it is it's not really a woman empowerment thing they she's masking it as a woman empowerment thing the real the real thing is she's basically mocking black society she is basically saying yeah you guys are having some injustices done and guess what you got to focus on this real issue and screw all of you guys yeah so what if you guys get shot up here um incarcerated like crazy focus on this because your thing is not important that's what it was and I saw it for what it was, and I was calling that stuff out. I was all up on Twitter, be like, yo, this is some BS, you know? Uh, you basically, all lives mattered, the message. And mind you, she put this video up. She disabled the comments, but you can't disable things on Twitter, because once you put it on Twitter, people are going at you. And people will basically, that's what I like to see. like. People were basically checking her, checking, checking, checking her like nonstop. And she basically she didn't respond to anything, but she did put out a statement. And I'm going to read part of that statement right now. And I'm going to read parts of it. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's a lot of suspected white supremacist code words in this message. She basically says the purpose of my rendition was to honor the spirit of the video, which absolutely moved me, which is bullshit. It really didn't move her at all. Um, blah, blah, blah. It was created with a very intention to bring light women's experiences, such as shaming of mother's breastfeeding, commonplace date rape dr uh, drugging, labels, and all this other bullshit that had nothing to do with you know your video at all you that that is a that's a cop out that's all bullshit but this is a the interesting thing that she said i firmly believe the best thing that can happen in america in north america right now is for everyone to create their own version of the video that's a that's a cold word right there that's a cold word basically she's just calling out for people to make their little suspected white supremacist versions of it you know that's a cold word right right there that's that no she's basically calling out saying listen i did it you guys can do it too i don't want to be the only one getting hate 
you know, let this all, and it'll undermine the real message of it. And I'm glad people are getting on her ass about this on Twitter. I'm glad about that. She continues own version of the video and show what life is like from their side. Thought this honestly, I believe we could discover a new level of empathy and understanding for each other that will ultimately and finally lead us to healing and unity. Healing and unity that is desperately needed in this society. Wow. So, like I said, she all lives matter this whole thing. She's like, hey, screw all of this. You know, you guys getting constitutionally messed over and getting um, cops shooting you guys and all this other stuff. Screw all of that. If you guys just unite and hug it out, it'll be fine. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit you know that's that's crazy disrespectful you don't do no shit like that you you don't see somebody white talking about ALS and uh, the effects of ALS and then black people coming out of nowhere and just you know making a mockery of it you know Talking about, yeah, fuck ALS, but what about this other shit? You know what I'm saying? Because that 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 wouldn't that wouldn't fly. That would not fly. Something that white people really hold like this is an issue, and then other groups of non-white people making a mockery of it, that wouldn't fly. But anyway, so that right there I found interesting. Um, which leads me to my next thing that I'm going to talk about is the immigrants are animals statement by Donald Trump. Um, these white supremacists out here are getting bold right now. Okay. They're getting bold. Okay. He was supposedly taken out of context, which is not true. Um, he was referring to what the press told, asked them about some immigrants or whatever. He basically said the immigrants are animals. Um, the press secretary ended up clarifying what he meant by that statement, and she basically, uh, you know, clarified. Oh no, it's, uh, he was talking about MS-13 because, you know, if they commit these type of crimes and all of this, then they're animals. Here, I'm gonna actually play it for you guys. I just wanna ask you, because so many people in the country have been talking about it in the last 24 hours, what did the president mean when he said that some immigrants are not people, they're animals? Uh, the president was very clearly referring to MS-13 gang members who enter the country illegally and whose deportations are hamstrung by our laws. Uh, this is one of the most vicious and deadly gangs that operates by the motto of rape, control, and kill. If the media uh, 
and liberals want to defend MS-13, they're more than welcome to. Uh, frankly, I don't think the term that the president used was strong enough. MS-13 has done heinous acts. Uh, it took an animal to stab a man a hundred times and decapitate him and rip his heart out. It took an animal to beat a woman. They were sex trafficking with a bat 28 times, indenting part of her body. And it took an animal to kidnap, drug, and rape a 14-year-old Houston girl. Frankly, I think that the term animal doesn't go far enough, and I think that the president should continue to use his platform and everything he can do under the law to stop these types of horrible, horrible, disgusting people. Now, I want you guys to actually listen to some of the cold words she is, uh, you know, saying here. I just want to ask you, because so many people in the country have been talking about it in the last 24 hours, what did the president mean when he said that some immigrants are not people, they're animals? Uh, the president was very clearly referring to MS-13 gang members who enter the country illegally and whose deportations are hamstrung by our laws. Now, let me pause there for a second. He wasn't referring to MS-13 whatsoever. He was referring to immigrants. And when he's talking about immigrants, he's talking about Latinos. He's talking about all Latinos because all white supremacists sees us the same. They all see us as one big nigga. They see black people the same as they see Latinos. There's no difference. So when he's talking about all immigrants are animals, that's what he's referring to, us as animals, all of them, because he's not talking about Asian immigrants. He's not talking about East European immigrants. His wife is an immigrant. He's not talking about her. Mind you, get, get this through your heads. He's not talking about these other immigrants that come into this country. He He's actually fine with that. What he's not fine with is these Latin American people that's immigrants coming into this country. That's who he has a problem with. But I'm going to continue. Uh, this is one of the most vicious and deadly gangs that operates by the motto of rape, control, and kill. That's not true, by the way, but all right. If the media and liberals want to defend MS-13, they're more than welcome to. Uh, frankly, I don't think the term that the president used was strong enough. You guys catch that? It wasn't strong enough. You got that? That's, that's, a, that's a cool word. She wanted him to really go in and call us other things. You know what MS-13 has done heinous acts. Uh, it took an animal to stab a man a hundred times and decapitate him and rip his heart out. It took an animal to beat a woman. They were sex trafficking with a bat 28 times, indenting part of... I'm not going to play anymore. You guys heard what, what the disgusting woman said about us. Um, let me let me play my music back on. That was a white supremacist call out, basically saying that the president should empower these white supremacists who are doing heinous and heinous crimes to us and keep on messing with us. Messing with us. That's the reason why uh, you had. You, you have these white people, countless, countless, countless videos of these white people calling the police on us, going on barbecues, you know, kicking us out of the coffee shops. We're not able to see that we are not safe. We have to be on one code with these type of people. And that's what she was doing. That's what she basically clarified. 
she basically clarified what they should be doing you know targeting us not making us feel comfortable that's why you have these people out here saying that I'm offended because you're speaking Spanish you know like that lawyer in New York you know where I'm where I'm at right now in New York my man dead was in a restaurant and he got tight because some women was speaking Spanish and he went full-blown white supremacy and the thing is that you know they were getting recorded or whatever the case is but he just went full-blown white supremacist and the thing is they're not they're not staying on code anymore now they're Trump is putting a battery in their back so basically for for them to do anything that they want it's all out all out war right now they're just calling the cops and just ice and all this other stuff because they want us they, they want the cops to do what they really want to do you know what I'm saying that's what it is so we that's the type of stuff that we gotta get through like all right I gotta learn how to maneuver in these type of situations you know what I'm saying so that's what it was MS-13 ain't really doing all this shit MS-13 ain't really out here killing every freaking day you know who's doing that these white supremacists like that Texas shooting you didn't you're not hearing the president come out talking about these uh, white supremacists mass shooters are animals you know what I'm saying you don't hear him talk about saying that all, all these um, people out here these white supremacists that's shooting up schools should get locked up let's build the wall you're not hearing none of that but for some reason you're hearing it when it comes to us you know what I mean that that's crazy and, and mind you I was on Twitter they were talk there were some people saying that well you know the guy who had the, the cross out while he did that mass shooting the, the guy on Texas who killed 10 people he went in there with a trench coat and a Nazi uh, 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 little cross thing or whatever and that's a synonymous with white supremacy we gotta understand these codes that's synonymous that's connected to white supremacy and there was this dude talk, telling me that yo that's not white supremacy the the ADL said that that's not white supremacy okay so then how come white supremacists use that symbol then? Didn't write back. Hmm. See, you we have to be on code. We can't just get shut down by small little things like that. Just give us bullshit facts. We gotta remember, white supremacists will lie they ass off. They will lie. They, they go based on you not knowing shit. You know what I'm saying? Because the real people who's doing all these decapitation and shootings are the damn white supremacists who's shooting up schools and all this shit. There's a damn near school shooting almost every day. There's no shootings in the hood. There's no mass shootings in the school in the hood. Gotta think about that. How come? You know what I'm saying? Let's put these, you know, things together. And the funny thing is that these mass shooters don't get shot by the police when they get caught. We run away from cops 
get shot in our back. We struggle with handcuffs, we get shot in our back. We put the wrong turn signal, we end up dead in the jail cell. We put our hands up, we get shot. But these white supremacists who do mass shooting, movie theater shootings, and all this other shit, for some, they, for some reason, they know how to handle them. They know how to disarm them, all nice and all calm. I'm telling you, rules do not apply to us the same. I'm telling you guys, these rules do not apply to us the same. Now, that's just a good segue for me to touch on what my next topic is going to be. Well, the main topic. The myth of black and black crime. And when I say the myth, I do really mean the myth. To understand black and black crime, we have to go back. We have to go back into history to understand this whole thing. How it even began. Alright? You're going to hear a common word being said. Cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. Now, some of you might not know what cognitive dissonance is. And it's totally fine, I'm going to break it down. Cognitive dissonance is a way that you have to justify your actions. For example, if you're jaywalking, your justification to jaywalk breaking a law is because you're running late. So just justifying that action for something else. You understand? So that's what cognitive dissonance basically is. Alright? Now, you're going to hear cognitive dissonance all throughout the reason why black and black crime is a myth. Now, when we go back in history, the back in slave, antebellum slavery, the cognitive dissonance started off early. They would relabel the people to justify what they did. For example, Thomas Jefferson, he, there's books out and there's writings that he even said, like one, blacks smell bad and physically are unattractive. This is what Thomas Jefferson said, you know? And that's a little inconsistent with his behavior. If you know his history, Sally Hemings, you know, it's a slave that he actually had sex with and she had kids or whatever. But he will go on to say that blacks require less sleep. Now, why would someone say blacks require less sleep? Now, we have to really look at evidence, empirical evidence for this, you know, because we live in the system white supremacy and they make all the rules. So you can't really say something without backing it up, right? Well, a couple of years ago, they unearthed a slave cemetery. It was down on Wall Street. Um, actually, since I live in New York, it, it's around Court Street. I know exactly, I used to pass it there all the time. But they unearthed a slave cemetery. And they picked up all the bones, you know, with CSI now, <laughs> and TV and all that. I, I could probably go in there and tell you what's going on. You know what I'm saying? But 
what they found was an injury consistent with muscles detaching themselves from bones. And they found this injury consistent with large frame black men. Now, why would an injury like that occur? If you really think about it, why would an injury like that even happen to someone? You know? It doesn't just happen to somebody just out of the blue. Those injuries are consistent with people working out of exertion. You gotta exhaust someone to the point where the muscle detaches from the bone. But yet, we're lazy. But yet, we require less sleep. That's a dissonance. That's a separation Thomas Jefferson and many other whites had to have to justify why they did what they did. He said something else. He said, incapable of feeling grief. Black people are incapable of feeling grief. Now what dissonance do you need to have to think or even suggest that black people can't feel grief? Remember, he was a slave owner himself. He sold slaves. He ripped families apart. That's why. Because when he would go out and kill someone, when he would go out and sell their daughter, their mother, their father, their cousins, their friends, that's why he said what he says. That's why he said what he said. They cannot feel grief. That dissonance is very important to understand. And it still happens to this day. Hey, maybe if you stop resisting arrest, you won't get shot in the back. Well, black people are inherently more violent. You know? It happens all over. And that's the dissonance to justify inhumane treatment of people. You know? So, with that out the way, the cognitive dissonance of history out the way, the main reason of black and black crime is economic. Most, more, most dudes that are in jail are due to economic reasons. This is a book called The New Jim Crow 2.0. Uh, Michelle Alexandra, she breaks this whole thing down. But basically, it's all economic. If you could control the economic and the resources, of an area, violence is gonna occur. Because you never hear white on white crime. And if you go into middle America, they're the most poor people out there living in trailer parks, missing teeth, hooked on meth with headlights. There's a bunch of crime there, but you never hear white on white crime. You know? It's all economic. People are gonna commit crime with the people around them. That's basically, that's, you know, that's proven. That's nothing far-fetched. 
but they have to relabel the people with black and black crime to justify why we're misincarcerated. Um, I mean, highly incarcerated. Why we're shot with impunity. Why we're miseducated. Why we're kicked out of the homes. Why we don't even get homes. Why we have discrimination. Why we don't get jobs. So you have to relabel the people to justify your actions. It's all connected. You know what I'm saying? Because when you go to the hood, you don't see no big prominent businesses out there. You don't really see anything, you know, productive. All you see is liquor stores, bodegas. You know, you got a couple of weave shops here and there, but mostly Asians. There's nothing for that's ours. And if it is, a Latino's running it, that's basically it. They're running a cuchifrito. Okay. That's not empowering the community on its own. You know what I'm saying? And if you go to the Heights, most of those places are run by white cats. You think you're buying hookah from a Dominican, they're run, they're run by white cats. You know? So when we actually look back and start putting the connections, we start seeing the bigger picture. You know, most dudes in the hood, when they commit crimes, it's due to economic reasons because they want to feed their family. They want to even feed themselves or whatever. Yeah, you, you're going to have some exceptions to the rules, of course, but most of it is economic. You know, and with economic depression, the, um, will happen. What 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 is going to happen after that? The police is going to come in, and as we all know, the police ain't all that nice. You know what I'm saying? But because of that cognitive dissonance, they're gonna be more violent towards us than their white counterpart. They're going to be more violent towards us than an Asian person. You know what I'm saying? Because they're already seeing and saying there's a reason. It's it's okay. I'm, a, I'm allowed to do that because they're not human. Because there's no... This whole black and black crime thing, you have to, you have to really... You have to really understand... What's the difference between crime and black and black crime? There has to be a difference. What constitute a crime and that's so different that black and black crime does? Because black and black crime has to do something different that can be done with just regular crime. If you understand what I'm saying. So if people are disagreeing hearing this, please tell me. What's so different about black and black crime that isn't um, connected to crime in general? What's so different that we have to make another label of black and black crime? We have crime here. Now, here's a whole nother spectrum of label black and black crime here. What's so different? Because black people kill each other. Okay. That's people on people. That's just crime. White people kill each other. 
Asians people kill each other, Latinos kill each other. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. So going back to the whole police thing, this is a book called Breaking Rank by this um, 34 police vet. He was a chief in San Diego and also he was a chief in Seattle. And he wrote this book called Breaking Rank and he <laughs> broke rank. He basically exposed a bunch of people to the point where there were some indictments even made because of this. And it's very interesting if you read the book. He basically says everything that happens within the, the community of the police, you know, the whole Blue Lives Matter stuff. He basically, you know, outs everybody. And it's very interesting. I'm going to read a little bit of it. He said, I've heard some police officers refer to the slayings of black prostitutes as misdemeanor murders. Misdemeanor murders. And they will have a code word for that. NHI. No human involved. You see where the cognitive dissonance comes from? This person isn't human. This person didn't deserve to live. This person doesn't need to be recognized as a person. NHI. Do you see where we you see where we're going at? He goes on to say in San Diego, some cops confess to other inhumane acts of discrimination, including dehumanizing blacks as 1113 nigger. 1113 is a code word for injured animal. This still happens to this day. This still happens to this day. Some of my New York cats even know, if you're in the street level, there's this thing called TNT. It means Tuesday and Thursday. TNT, that's the street uh, code for what it is. I don't know what the what the, what the the proper name of it is. I don't got police friends, oh well. But it's called TNT, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So what police officers would do in the hood, they will go to the hood, drive around, and scoop people up for little stupid things. Um, where are you going? Oh, I'm going home. Let me see your ID. Well, your house is five miles away from here and you're walking the wrong way. Not, but the bus is over here. You're going to jail. Or you're in front of the bodega getting a beer and you're going, and you're going back home or whatever. That's an open container. No, but it's closed. It's open. I say it's open. You're going back. You're going to jail. So this will always happen Tuesdays and Thursdays to the point where we made a thing, TNT. It happens all over. It happens all over. And, you know, I'm, I'm bringing receipts for this. You know, I'm proving it. Like, this book, Breaking Rank. So, when we start talking about black and black crime, we really have to start peeling the layers back. You know what I'm saying? Because... 
if we don't actually start talking about this and actually being real about this, then we're all gonna lose. And there's no point of anything. You know what I mean? But anyway, man, this, this is the Radical Latino, you know, um, episode three. I hope y'all like it. Um, I'ma catch y'all later. Hit me up on Twitter at radical underscore Latino underscore and Instagram at radical underscore Latino underscore. You know, hit up my YouTube page also. It's the same title, same name as the podcast. You know what I'm saying? But episode three, let me know what y'all think. I'm out.